With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ho'opuka e kala maka hikina Ai, ai, ai Ho'opuka e kala maka hikina Kahua kahele no tumutahi Ahmahina iva mehi iaka Tapo laka i kaulu vehi vehi Nehi mahina iva maku uhalo Ohono hoe te tapu mena halihi Hello, and welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and today we are going to be talking about the ancient wisdom of Hawaii, Huna and how we can use this long-lost information in our lives today so that we can create a new world of unity consciousness. Specifically, we're going to be talking about HUNA, and my guest today is a HUNA practitioner who's going to share with us this ancient wisdom of Hawaii. Belinda Farrell is also a certified master hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, and a teacher. The music that we just listened to at the beginning of this show is her Huna chanting. And she has several CDs out that contain ancient Huna chants and lessons, which she calls healing prayers. So I'd like to welcome you, Belinda Farrell. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's a real honor. Thank you, Lauren. I'd like to mention that you are very close with Pila of Hawaii, having studied with him. Can you share how the two of you met? Well, Tila wrote this amazing book called Secrets and Wisdom of Hawaii. And I contacted him because I was doing seminars on the Big Island. And he just uh, wanted to, to meet me because I had been banished by my group, which is interesting. Um, I produced the CD Chant and Forgiveness, and apparently my American teachers didn't want me to get that out there. So they banished me. And that was really appealing to people because he knew a lot of banished people and he just thought we were all in the same wonderful group together. <laughs> he has such a great sense of humor. So that's how we really started to, you know, form this kind of alliance. I think that's beautiful that you guys had that connection. Yeah. And so it was just a 
couple of people getting together and learning about this Huna secret. How did you come to learn and study it? Did you work with kahunas? I did. I, well, initially I was with an American group that was teaching um, hypnosis and NLP, neurolinguistics, and I, all of the training was in Hawaii. And then we had this introduction to this ancient Hawaiian healing called Huna. And it was like, you know, the hair stands up on your on your neck and your arms, and you feel like you're listening to something truth. And when I heard the chants and when I um, heard about the process of forgiveness, it just rang so true to me because you can only go so far with your mental ability to clean things out. And this seemed to hit at the core, and that's what I was looking for. It was like the cherry on the cake, and I started doing the forgiveness process, and it was working. I was feeling better. I was lightening up, and the chants were transforming the way that I felt in my in my soul, in my spirit. So I begged the, um, the Hawaiian. I, I had a Hawaiian teacher and literally wouldn't go away, so he would teach me the chants. And he did, and that's how I started to, you know, to learn them and to pass them on as well. Can you explain what is Huna? Well, Huna is, is a word that means secret, and these were the ancient Hawaiian secrets of how we knew, always knew, how to heal ourselves, and they weren't written down. So a gentleman by the name of Max Freedom Long came to Hawaii in the early 1900s as a teacher, and he witnessed these kahunas um, doing these amazing healings, you know, healing broken bones, uh, cancers, and without any surgery, just like it seemed like prayers and herbs, and that was it. So he entitled that Huna Secrets and started writing things down, and the books that Max Freedom Long has um, shared with us are really the original Huna teachings. He stayed there 40 years. He was so fascinated with what um, with what he saw, and so these books are, are just uh, treasures. And that's where that's who I studied. I studied those books, and then just kept doing them until I myself, you know, healed myself from a debilitating paralysis of my spine, just using Huna and no surgery, and I healed within four days. That just makes me want to say, what happened? I know. Well, it's in my book. It's going to come out hopefully um, by the end of the year. It's called Find Your Friggin' Joy, Simple Ways to Clean the Plaque of Your Soul. And in there I document um, everything on my healing. I used to be um, a stunt car driver in Hollywood. I had a an amazing adrenaline lifestyle. And as consequently, you know, I, I injured my back, and I never really listened to my body. A lot of, of doing healing on yourself is being able to listen to what's going on. So if your body is trying to get your attention and you're not paying attention, it will do something to get you off your feet and on your back or whatever it is to stop you so that you can listen. And eventually that's what happened. Um, my back collapsed, my spine disintegrated. Um, I was a mess, just literally a mess. And I did not want to have surgery. Um, I had been married to an orthopedic surgeon. I knew some of the ins and outs of 
back failures, back surgery failures. And so I wanted to see if all of this huna I had been learning, this healing, I'd been studying it for about three years, I wanted to see if it really would work on me. And so I just went to I went to town, you know, I was laying on my back. I had nothing else but, um, you know, these processes of clearing old, old programming that was lodged inside my cellular memory. And that's the first thing you have to do is find out what you have been saying to yourself um, at an unconscious level because that's what's running your body. Your unconscious is like a computer, so it listens to everything you say. And what I had been saying is that I could not be supported. Somehow in my psyche was that, you know, nobody could support me. I can't be supported. Um, I have no support. And so the unconscious listened to that and eventually collapsed my spine, which is my support system. It was doing exactly what I instructed it to do. Then your process of what you went through with that chanting? Yeah, I was able to get quiet. You know, just get quiet and then listen to what it is that you're saying to yourself. When I did three to four hour sessions with people, um, I would have them come to me with their script so that they would write down what they could hear themselves saying to themselves, really saying to themselves that they didn't want anybody else to hear. And most everybody has so much self-loathing. Mm-hmm. And, and a low self-esteem and self-worth and that they're not deserving and that they're not worthy. And all of this is really what's running their bodies. And so once you can discover what that is, then you can put some closure on it and change it. Because once you're conscious of what you're saying and you don't like it, you know, you can uncreate it, unchange it. It's just most people are not aware that that's what they've been saying. The HUNA practice, let's talk a little bit about what that is, because that gets into the higher self. Yes. Well, it's just it's getting to know the three parts of you, the, the three selves. That's what HUNA teaches, that you are conscious, that you have free will, that this is the part of you that you see with your five senses and you make decisions. And then you have this unconscious part of you that's storing all of your memories for lifetimes. And the, the whole point is getting the conscious and the unconscious mind to cooperate like buddies, like to, you know, to be together on the same page because the unconscious can just go wild. You know, it'll run out in the street chasing butterflies or it'll eat cookies till it drops. <laughs> it's like a little child, in other words. And the conscious mind has to, you know, rein it in like a, like a thoughtful adult would hold the unconscious mind's hand and say, okay, enough emotions for today. Let's take a deep breath, you know. And so then you take a deep conscious breath. The unconscious, if it has too many emotions, it'll just get carried away and then just people, you know, lose their, they lose their cool or they get angry or they get too emotional or they start crying unconditionally, you know. And so the, the conscious mind has to put a lid on that, you know, and to balance it so that, you know, they can work as a team. That's really the whole point of conscious and unconscious is to work as a team. And then, and then once you can do that and then the conscious mind starts to clear things out of the unconscious, 
you know, through this forgiveness process or, you know, just becoming aware, it clears the pipeline inside so that the unconscious can then send desires up to your higher self. And the higher self, the the purpose of that is to bring down um, the blessings, to bring down the miracles, to change the DNA in your body. That's what healed me, was being in touch with my higher self. Once I got all of the uh, negative thought forms out of my, my unconscious mind, then I started to see myself climbing trees. And I had to get my unconscious excited about climbing trees, the fact that we would just be climbing trees and having fun, and I used to do that as a child. And so that's the emotional part, and it got so excited that it sent that that thought form up the pipeline, which is now cleared, to my higher self. And the higher self brings down the the person that lives in the body that can climb trees. So the higher self changes the DNA. I don't know how that's done. That's like explaining physics to a two-year-old. But your, the, you know, the seed is planted by the unconscious mind. The unconscious works with the higher self to get the job done. So we really need to be aware and conscious. And it oh, yeah. really is being in the now, too. Yes, if you're in the now, there is no past. Then you're you're only that's the whole point. But you can't be in the now until you've cleared out the the thought forms that, you know, keep repeating themselves over and over and over again. That's how people get psychoses and bipolar and uh, you know, neurotic and psychotic. They have so much stuff built up that they haven't cleared it. And so it just they keep putting band aids on it or medicines or drugs and it just stays there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people go crazy. So then when we talk about the Huna chants, some of those are to help clear and then others are to help connect. Well, it, it's the chants are vibrations that speak to the, the sleeping cells in your body. And so these cells are not awakened by English. English is too young a language. So they're alerted and and they're activated by these tonal patterns. And the chant literally in this one chant that I'll do for you shortly, it literally asks the darkness to leave and for the light to come in. And if you hear that often enough and you keep, you know, <laughs> chanting it, the dark uh, thought forms that are inside, eventually their cage gets rattled. And they do leave. It, it sends them a guide to take them to the light, and and you're clear. You know, you just start clearing, clearing, clearing. And so thought forms are entered over and over again in a negative way. Um, you don't want to stay there anymore because they really just want to, to move to a higher level of existence. Way. And so these chants provide them a clear passage. Visit AcousticHealth.com for a special workshop with Belinda Farrell that includes two Huna Chant MP3s. That's AcousticHealth.com for a special workshop. How have you worked with your clients and witnessed them transform by clearing out? Thousands of people, but 
in my book I talk about this um, one couple that came to me, and I thought it would just be, okay, I'll take you first, and a couple hours later I'll take you next. And when the gentleman sat down, I thought, oh, this, well, you never really know what it's going to be like. And so I, I took him through the um, forgiveness process. He had said he hasn't had a, a good night's sleep in years. He's been troubled by nightmares and um, horrific nightmares. And as we got inside and started to do the forgiveness process, it was really clear that he felt guilty about some past life that he had where he um, killed people. And these these armies were coming for him. And I, I had to chant to him uh, probably almost an hour until finally he was able to look at the army that was coming for him and to face it so that the thought in his mind, which had created the problem of the army, could dissolve. Because all our fears are are illusions that we build up because of our experiences with them. And they become a thought form that's created over and over again. It was as though he he had a a vision of himself as being Hitler-like. And now he was he was working with children as kind of a karmic, you know, penance that he had to, you know, that he had to do in this lifetime. And um, but his dreams were just uh, plaguing him until the chance took those thought forms away. And uh, it was it was quite dramatic. And he started to sleep well again. And I mean, that's just one. But I mean, the the chance and the forgiveness process have worked miracles with people. It's that forgiveness that even Jesus talked about. Yes. Yeah. And one of the books Max Freedom Long wrote is what Jesus taught in secret. That's the name of the book. And it's it's my my favorite Huna book. Because uh, it does talk about how Jesus connected with the higher self. I mean, he lived with the Father, who is the higher self, or called Amakua in Hawaiian. And he would just see the person, and the blind would already see, because in his mind they were already healed. And as that happens, so it is. It becomes that. You don't pray for somebody. You pray the healing. It's already happened. That's the key. Let's talk about the kahunas, the the history that we all know what happens when the missionaries went and they landed on Hawaii. Right. And they stuffed this away. And now it's coming out. Is it still a protected wisdom? Well, it was in 1979 that the Religious Freedom Act um, finally took down the barrier that, I mean, I would have been arrested for teaching this ancient Hawaiian healing in Hawaii. It was it was against the law to chant, and it was against the law to do the hula. Mm. So all of these, and I, I think it was for a reason, because the consciousness was not there. It's mm. like we don't blame the missionaries for their lack of consciousness. They just didn't know. They didn't know. Their idea of God was in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, they they wore their, their high collars, their, their high-top hats, and they weren't breathing. 
And so the, you know, the Hawaiians would look at one another and say, they're telling us about God, but they're not breathing. Because they knew that the only way they could connect to the higher self and to God was through the breath. And they would breathe in sets of four for hours, doing this ha breathing, deep breath through the nose, and then a down through the mouth and that's how I first got connected to the higher self too was in one of these ha breathing exercises so when they saw that the that the missionaries were not breathing they gave them the name Howley because the ha is the connection to the higher self through the breath and only means without so these were you know white people without breath and it stuck that's what they still call you know, now, consider their yeah, they, the howlies. The howlies. They don't breathe. <laughs> now, that haw breath you have in your enchantment CD, yes. which is beautiful, beautiful. I just listened to the music and the chanting, and it was spectacular. It just You could feel a change in vibration. Yeah. So this haw breath, that is how you connected, and it's just a couple of deep breaths. Deep breaths to the top of your head where your higher self lives, and then you hold it there for the count of four, five, you know, and then you breathe it out through the the sound of the ha. So it's a ha, you know, just ha, like you go aha, and you would just let that let that go. And it's also the sound of laughter, you know, ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. And that's a joyful heart. So it it really is a chant in itself is just saying the ha. But when you breathe that in sets of four, uh, in a whispered ha, you eventually build up life force in your body, mana. And that's the gift that you want to give to your higher self so that it can come down like like a rain of blessing inside of you and it changes DNA. It it heals. It can take anything away. And, you know, it's just it's our connection to our God self. Very well said. I love how you say that. And it, it, it also reminds us of yoga and what the yogis achieve and how the yogis had to stuff away ancient knowledge into caves until humanity was ready for it. So on that note, how old is this? And let's talk about Lemuria. Do you feel that these chants come from Lemuria? or? Well, it, it's thought that the Hawaiian language is the oldest, oldest language on the face of the earth because they have very few consonants like English. They have only like seven consonants, seven syllables, I mean vowels. And so there's many different meanings for the same thing. Like when the when the um, missionaries were looking to, to find meanings, you mentioned the EO to me earlier. They would not give them the true meaning of the EO, which was creation. They told them that EO meant hawk, a bird that flies up in the sky. And yet there was a deeper meaning, you know, of, of taking everything back to the EO, where everything begins again in the void, in the creation. So, I mean, the, the languaging of Hawaii, as I said, is considered to be the most ancient and 
and, and it's preserved in these ancient chants. That's what makes them so powerful. Yes, yeah, the original sounds and the teachings. I have been in um, Peru, and one of my most favorite pictures is I started chanting the Nohuana chant, and a wild llama came from from the distance and came over, and I just kept my hands just by my side, and he came and planted a kiss on my lips. Oh. And I have a picture. Somebody took a picture of it because they thought, well, what is this? The llama's coming right for you. And I just kept chanting and chanting and chanting. And then I just leaned over, and he just kissed me. It's one of my favorite pictures. And it was the chant that drew him. And the, the similar way, I was in Bali, and uh, there was a Komodo dragon that had been, it was captive, you know, it was at like a zoo place, but they hadn't seen it in a few days. It had been hiding up in the, in the bushes. And I started chanting, and then all of a sudden you saw its head peeking out, and it came down, and it came right down below me and lifted its big head up with just like a serpent, just like a dragon. And then it just opened its mouth and just kept sticking its tongue out listening to the chant. Oh, it was just fascinating. I mean, the animals just so um, connect with these frequencies. And deep down, we do too on a cellular level. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's amazing. And so you want to, you know, you want to learn the chant because you want to take it with you, you know, wherever you go. Belinda, can you chant what you were singing to have a llama kiss you? I know. That's, that's my favorite. So it's going to take a deep breath. I know Great. If someone 
doesn't have the first clue of how to begin to chant. It's just that access to hearing it. Yeah, it will make them peaceful. It will make them peaceful. And the more they hear it, the more their darkness will be removed for no reason, but just, you know, getting themselves bathed in those uh, in those uh, vibrations. So it's very comforting, absolutely very comforting. Also in your music, you use the sounds of whales and dolphins. Right, and that's that's so true because, again, I swim with the dolphins. I have for um, over 15 years, and when I talk about Pila and the banishment that I went through, when I got banished, it sent me to the dolphins for some reason because the higher self had come in and I, the dolphins started invading my dream time and teaching me how to swim because I had this phobia for the water, so I had to get over that real quick. And then I started swimming with the dolphins, and, I mean, their uh, sonar um, takes away all of that fear and suffering and angst, and they put you in right order as well. So, you know, swimming in the ocean and receiving that is, again, a very, very high frequency. That's why I put them together with the um, with the CD, and then of course the whale sound is the deepest, and I mean they are the guardians and the gatekeepers, and I was so blessed to be swimming with them in Tonga um, a few years ago. Oh, it was just <laughs> incredible, a whole different experience than the dolphins, but one that is uh, turns you inside out, literally, just turns you inside out. Because they're so huge, but so gentle. And we were swimming side by side with them, with the babies, the mother. Um, one whale had me on his nose. He came under me, and like, I, I was on the top of the water. He just came under me and just kind of nudged me on top of his nose. Wow. A little bit um, concerning. <laughs> Um, but it was fine, but you could just hear the, the vibrations and the murmurs and, oh, the sound. It was, you know, it, it makes you realize that you're so much more than this body, that this spirit that resides within you, your soul is connected to all of these creatures, you know, of the Mother Earth, you know, of the oceans, of, of everything. You are so connected. And, you know, that oneness, that unity. And when you experience this at the deepest level, you feel that, that love, that it's just um, amazing. Now, you take trips. You take one person at a time on a dolphin adventure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I go in the summertime, um, and I've been choosing August to do it. And for one week, seven days, six nights, I take one client, and I am your um, tour guide on land and in the water. We swim every morning uh, in one of three sacred bays and call the dolphins in. The more playful you are, the more the dolphins will want to come and swim with you because that's what they're really looking for. They're all about, you know, they come in from, from feeding at night and they want to play. They want to play or rest or make love or, you know, play leaf games it's it's really just so much fun just so much fun and my clients are transformed in the process um it's just amazing you have to be a good swimmer 
um, you can use a boogie board, and I just kind of pull you out there to meet the dolphins. And these are wild, so there's, you know, they choose to come swim with you. And that's the difference if, you know, if you go to a place where they're in, they're incarcerated, um, you don't hear the sonar. And the sonar is, is what is, you know, so instrumental for, for healing. I don't want to be negative. This is a healing conversation. But what are your thoughts about HARP and the what they're doing to interfere with the sonar? Well, you know, every, you know, we're always going to have the dark and the light. Uh-huh. Wherever you have light factions, you're going to have people and, um, you know, organizations that are going to try to, you know, counteract it. It's like day and night. It's, you know, it's just that our light has to be stronger. That's all. Our light has to be stronger, and through chance we can get there. Through chance and through clearing and through just being who you are, not fighting uh, fire, you know, the anger with with more anger, mm-hmm. but by transforming it and getting to a higher level. What what we're experiencing is a world that is moving from a density that doesn't work anymore into a much higher heart vibration, into a fifth dimension of the higher self. And to do that, the old way has to clear out. We have to clear it out. So that's why we're seeing so much, um, you know, changes weather-wise and environmentally-wise. And people are coming together because, you know, as they lose their jobs or their money or their relationships, they, they realize that they're more than that. They're more than who they identified themselves with. And so we start helping one another more. We start becoming more heart-centered. And, you know, in no time at all, we're going to see a, a different world, a different structure being being made, and, and especially now being fostered by the, the new generation coming in, the new young people, you know, who are indeed more connected to the Mother Earth. I agree with you right there. It's really a time for as these old things fall away, that community is very important and coming together. Unity is yeah. important to coming together. So that's good. How long, well, is there going to be any specific shift, do you think, or what are any of your... It's already, been, it's already happened. Mm-hmm. It, it happened with the harmonic convergence. It's been happening, um, in, you know, in these last 10 years. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing earth changes. But now things are speeding up. Um, we have more weather changes this year than I don't think any other time in our in our history. You know, tornadoes and earthquakes and tsunamis and you know, just kind of all kind of gathering up speed. But you know, the world isn't going to come to an end. It's just moving to a higher frequency. We're cleaning out our closets. And can you imagine a world where everyone is connected to their higher self? That then makes it seem like that is what Lemuria could have been like. Right. And, you know, I don't know what the money situation um, is going to look like, but, um, you know, a lot of people have have, uh, intuited that we wouldn't have money anymore, that we would have different ways of exchanging services and... uh, you know, it wouldn't be stockpiling money, you know, the haves and the have-nots. 
but it's going to have some some changes as well. One of the lessons that we all know is for prosperity, we cannot hoard our money. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, if we knew that we could get anything that we wanted with our power, why would we hoard our money? Yet, right. as we prepare for changes on the planet, we think of taking money and taking it into silver or gold. That still is that hoarding mentality. So I can see where it's everybody sharing what they've got. If some people have the funds, then they would share that in their new community. And if others were good at taking care of the children, that's what they got their passion out of. Well, it's interesting how a lot of communities, I don't know if you've heard, you probably have heard of Dom and Her in northern Italy. No, I have not. Oh, well, that's a community that has this type of, um, uh, you know, of way of living. People all kind of throw their money in a in a pot. They all do what they were, what their gifts are, and they've made a spiritual community, a spiritual university. There, people come from all over the world to see how Dom and her works. They even have their own money system, and they have. Um, in their temple, it's an underground temple that's been considered the eighth wonder of the world. It's um, it's all art. It's all made of you know the the people contributing their art. And I think when the government was trying to stop them because they thought they were a cult, and the soldiers broke the door down to this temple to go inside, the soldiers all fell to their knees because it was so beautiful they could not speak. And they turned around and left. So, yeah, Dom and her is um, a real living example of how a spiritual community, you know, works together for the good of all. And people don't have any stress there because they don't have to make so much money. They just they do what they can, and everybody supports them. And it's conscious collaboration. It's no competitiveness. Right. And that removes fear. Right. We're, we're meant to cooperate. I mean, that's mm-hmm. um, that's what the animals do. It's interesting in the movie I Am. Have you seen that movie? It's on my list. I haven't seen it in Boulder, Colorado yet. Oh, Not my here. goodness. It's phenomenal. It's just Great. Because he, he does bring in the, the animals. Mm-hmm. And I, I would always point that out to people to look at these dolphins like a pod. And there's no competition with them. When one person, when one dolphin decides that he's going to be the lead or she's going to be the lead, they all follow. And when another one takes the lead, they follow. It's like they they just know the collective consciousness of the group is the one that's going to lead them to the fish or lead them to water, and that's true with every one of the species. And he points that out of that that com, um, the common denominator of that cooperation. And it's one mind, it's one pod, you know. And that's what we have to realize. It's not always about I'm first, you're, you know. And then and then you feed one another, and then everybody um, cooperates. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets fed. <laughs> everybody gets fed. No one is neglected on the planet. Right. I wanted to ask you about these earth changes in Japan. Is there anything that we can do to help heal Japan? Well, again, you know, just seeing them already healed, 
Um, I know that Masuro Emoto, Dr. Masuro Emoto, was bringing a collective consciousness to help heal the waters. And every day, I, you know, I just um, do my prayer of, you know, washing away the radiation from the water. And I, you know, I think we just have to be conscious that, you know, they, their um, catastrophe also affects us, you know, in a, in a great way. And so we have to just include them in our in our prayers, but not get so um, immobilized that we go into any fear about it. And you know, these things are happening to show us. You know, we can't use these poisons. You know, it's that's how Lemuria fell. That's how Atlantis fell. They were competing for energy really think that it's time for everyone to wake up and we should shut down all of our nuclear power plants. Right. You've mentioned Masaru Emoto. Mm-hmm. What I found fascinating is Masaru Emoto, for those listeners who don't know who he is, he photographed water crystals that were shown images of beautiful pictures and played music to, and even a note that says, I love you. They formed beautiful crystals. If, if there was a negative note or an ugly picture or heavy metal rock music, there was no crystal that was formed. It formed an ugly figure. So what I found interesting is that Masaru Emoto used the Ho'oponopono in his prayer that he sent out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, Ho'oponopono has been around who knows how long. I mean, um, and it works. It it works. We have to heal ourselves first. We have to take responsibility that we're holding the seed for the same poison within us, the seeds of that. And so as we heal ourselves, the other person or that thing also heals. And there again is that society, civilization, we're as one, and we take responsibility for healing ourselves from the deepest, darkest um, participation that we've had in this same collective consciousness, you know, of maybe trying to amass uh, power, you know, the, the nuclear power. Who knows what we did in other lifetimes? You know, who knows what responsibilities we've had in Atlantis, you know, that, that created that community to, to fall. So, you know, again, we're, we're here again to try to make things right. And we can do so consciously and collectively by, by healing ourselves on the inside. And Ho'oponopono is a powerful tool to do that. And it's four simple sentences. Um, yes, or just I forgive you because the person you are forgiving is yourself. I forgive you. You're, you're doing it through your higher self. I forgive you. I love you. And when you say you're sorry, you can. Um, I usually, that's always kind of embedded in there. Um, but, you know, of course you're sorry. You know, mm-hmm. and the higher self has never seen that you did anything wrong because the higher self loves you unconditionally. So when you're forgiving yourself through your higher self, you're already forgiven. The person you're really forgiving yourself with is your ego and your conscious mind. That's the one that has made you wrong. I've heard that if we knew, that's probably why, well, that's why the memory cord of our past lives 
is not attached to it because if we knew, we would be overwhelmed. Yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. But when you take responsibility, if you if you see something in someone else and it's ugly or it's or you're angry or it, it makes you feel hurtful, it's coming from within you. Because you can't see anything outside yourself that you don't harbor inside you. Right. So when someone else makes you angry, that's not someone else. That's something inside you. So that right there is a trigger. Right. Just stop for a moment, and then what? Well, and then forgive yourself. You know, see, my my chant in forgiveness is that I would put that person down below me, and I would breathe on them and from my higher self, and then I would offer the forgiveness. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you. And then I would cut my cords that I have with that person or dissolve the cord that connected us together that was the button that pushed my anger. And so it would dissolve, and then I would take my hand and see them float away, and then it would change. It would change so that you're not triggered anymore to that, whatever that was that got you started. Again, they're like soul, they're like your soul seekers, your soul sisters and brothers, because they're making you more conscious and aware of what you're storing inside yourself. And so that's the real work for everybody in these days when we see a lot of stuff coming up for people these days. And the anger is a collective anger. I mean, anger is the mm. leading cause of heart attacks in this, you know, in this country. That's the leading cause of death. You know, people really have a lot of anger. And so, it, you know, it gets triggered in automobiles and all kinds of places. You know, people go to football games and baseball games to vent their anger. And it's a good, you know, when it's very um, safe to do so, you shouldn't keep the anger. It should be released. Definitely should be released. And so you help people with that. I'd like to mention your website, hunahealing.com. Again, people like to um, to get um, initiated into the HUNA. There are symbols. Um, you can use these symbols in your everyday life. They can learn the chants. Um, but I'm also doing reconnected healing and the reconnection, which is from Dr. Eric Pearl. And I'm finding that when we do this, it's kind of a shortcut. Um, the the clients lay on you know a massage table and we find and pull and stretch these frequencies which are from the higher self and it's amazing i don't have to have an agenda i don't have to know their story um but the frequencies go in and give that person exactly what they need to heal on every single level mental emotional physical spiritual and it's the results are amazing. It's it's usually something they're not expecting, um, which is an added gift. And you know, again, it's it's clean. It's between you, your higher self, and me, the practitioner. So I've been very excited about um, doing this. It's kind of like uh, another step on the ladder, and it's all about uh, higher frequencies. And the, the reconnection is a separate thing. Uh, it's a two-day um, 
where drawings are drawn on the acupuncture lines of the client, and it's almost, you only do this once in a lifetime. And this reconnects you back to the axitonal system of the universe, the star system where we were once disconnected from. Every major religion talks about it, how we were disconnected and we've been just kind of flagellating out here, not knowing what to do because we haven't been connected. So mm -hmm. this reconnects you back to that star system, which aligns you with what your higher self has been trying to guide you to do and then back down to the ley lines of the earth. It's the reason I started writing my book so passionately, because I didn't want to write it before I was just lazy. <laughs> I just didn't want to write. Um, I'd done my CDs, but I just didn't want to sit and write. I'd rather play. But the reconnection puts you on your life path so quickly that you have no choice. It it's really just accelerates you on your life path. Well, I think that should be the goal of everyone who first could get out of working for the boss if they're not into that and really starting to live their passion. And I know that most listeners on this call are really ready to do that. So where do you go for the reconnection? Can it be done over the phone or do you have to be in person? You have to be in person for that one. So if you are living in Colorado, you can go to The Reconnection, to the website, and then find a practitioner in your area that has been certified in um, having the Reconnection training and the Reconnected Healing. Mm -hmm. um, but that has to be done in person. Okay, and that's thereconnection.com. I would like to thank you for being here. Leave us with another treasure of your Huna chant. Well, what about the creation? Um, I love to start because everything, everything goes back to the creation, to the EO. And this is the quantum space of the quantum physicist. And so if your listeners would like to let go of any burdens that um, are they're holding on their shoulders or, you know, what, whatever they're holding on to, just to breathe it back to this sound. And that's the sound of
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.